0: In this episode, former Horowitz President and CEO Bill McCoskey talks to FNC reporter Brian Johnson. McCoskey talks about how he got into the business, his career journey, and the outlook for the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing industry in 2024.
1: Please be joined by Bill McCoskey uh, with Horowitz, um, MEP contractor right here in the Twin Cities uh, I understand that you've, uh, you, you, you're planning, uh, to retire here pretty soon.
2: Yep. It's a firm plan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, done at the, uh, Thanksgiving of 24. I'm out of here.
1: Okay. And so you're the, um, currently the CEO or president. What's your current title? Well,
2: last week I was today. I'm uh, nobody. Okay. You're officially done then. Yeah, I've lost my title. I still have a lot of responsibilities, but I'm focusing on selling projects and doing the pre-con work, which is kind of bringing it from sale to when construction drawings are ready to move out to the field and build something. Okay. So my my title's probably pre-construction manager right now. Okay. Okay.
1: And tell us a little bit about the history of the company. I just read a little bit on the website. Sounds like you've been around and off a long time and and have quite a history there.
2: Yeah, Orwitz is over a hundred years old, so we've uh, been around for a long time. A gentleman named Harry Orwitz started this on his own in 1918. Um, did primarily plumbing for probably the first 50 years, and slowly we've just kind of expanded to a full menu specialty contractor over time.
1: Okay. And how long have you been with the company?
2: I started in 88, so 30, 36 years, 35 and a half at the moment.
1: Okay. I understand you were, you were an engineering, engineering yep. at the U of M. Is that right?
2: Correct. I'm a gopher. Yeah. Mechanical engineer.
1: How did you end up at
2: Horowitz? As Luke, my, uh, I had my, I used to Post on my wall all my rejection letters from my various uh, interviews my senior year at the U. And my mom called me one day and said, Hey, I saw this sign. And on the sign, it apparently had the words mechanical and HVAC. And she knew I had had a class in that. So she said, You should give these guys a call. So I did. And uh, they said, We were just talking about hiring a young engineer today. Why don't you come in and we'll chat with you? And the rest is history.
1: And the rest is history. So you just sort of worked your way up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Did pretty much everything when I started. I'd be delivering to a job site one day. I'd work in accounting the next day because they were short-staffed and be doing engineering projects on the buildings we were building and just supporting the entire team.
1: Great. what types of work do you do? Is it residential, commercial, all over the map?
2: Yeah. Primarily commercial. Um, we'll do multi housing type residential, but we don't get into any, you know, private residences. Okay.
1: Any significant projects that you've worked on, uh, over the years that you could mention,
2: yeah, you know, um, we've done a lot with target. So we did their downtown office towers. Um, we did their North campus. We've done a lot with Medtronic. Um, Best Buy corporate campus on uh, 494 in Richfield, if you know that one. Um, So lots of corporate clients, lots of uh, high-tech, Boston Scientific, Medtronic, Polaris, uh, companies like that. We're primarily design-build. We like to design in-house and build it. So that's kind of our differentiator, the fact that we can design it and build it.
1: Okay. All right. And so, um, can you talk a little bit about how you became interested in engineering as a career choice?
2: Um, I had to do something, you know, you're, uh, you're in high school, you're in college, you, uh, got to figure something out. So I just went to engineering probably because my dad said, Hey, this would be a good thing for you to do. He wasn't an engineer. He he worked for Ecolab for 35 years, but more on the the business side, but I'm guessing he saw a lot of engineers and his daily activities and thought there was something there. Um, how I got into this industry, like I said, I just took the first job I could get, uh, in 1988. So I've certainly never had this passion or this dream of getting into the mechanical construction world, but it's been good to me. Can't complain. It's a hustle business. If you work really hard and you're reasonably smart, you can do really well for yourself.
1: What, what do you like about it?
2: Uh, I like the competition. I've always been into the, that piece. And, you know, we compete for every job to get it initially. And then you compete to make sure you're going to make money on it and keep everyone happy. So that's probably the one aspect I'll miss when I'm done is that competitive uh, environment that we're in in this world okay
1: and um so can you give us a sense of how much the company has grown um you know say i mean for if you go way back it sounds like you just started out as a plumbing uh company right and then but in recent years um have you seen a fair amount of growth
2: yeah we've we've changed a lot you know i think i learned a lot in 08 09 and 10 that we needed to diversify so Prior to that, we were primarily a wet side and plumbing mechanical contractor. Um, And those were really tough years, and we were not diverse enough. And because of that, I had to lay a lot of people off and pay a lot of people less. And that was very painful. So I've kind of had this uh, theory going beyond that of growth through diversification, where we started adding different items to our menu. We bought a service company. Um, we bought an insulation company. We bought a temperature control company. Organically, we started electrical divisions and millwright divisions. We also bought an industrial ventilation company. So we've changed a lot over the years. Our menu has expanded. And the theory was that that's going to help us get through the next tough economic times when whenever they do present themselves.
1: Yeah. And I'm curious what you make of the, uh, when you look ahead to the coming year, um, uh, what, what is sort of your outlook for the, uh, MEP industry? And I know a lot of people are struggling to find workers. I don't know if that's a particular concern of yours, but, uh, and then of course, just as the, uh, the, the workloads, um, are a huge issue now at the, uh, especially what we're seeing in the credit markets and things like that. But what do, what do you, uh, what, what is your big picture outlook for the coming?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's probably two questions there. One, the people piece. We've been struggling to find people for, I don't know, probably 10 years. And even today, I think we have 13 positions out there where we're looking. And this is all from an office perspective, not necessarily the field. We're a union company and we go to the halls that we're signatory to when we need field people. But we've been struggling to find project managers struggling to find engineers, pre-construction managers. That's been a real challenge, and that continues. Um, We're constantly trying to figure out a new way to solve that. Um, We haven't yet, um, whether it's headhunters or hiring our own internal HR, hiring folks. uh, That's been a challenge, and I don't see that changing. Um, As far as work, um, I'm always nervous about it because I'm always waiting for the next downturn because it freaks me out. just what comes with it are ugly, ugly uh, situations of having to get rid of good people or pay them less than you should. Um, but I'm not seeing it. We certainly lag. You know, we get work from someone who decided to build something a year ago, and then it takes us two years to build it. So we can be busy while things are beginning to slow down. Uh, we currently have the largest backlog we've ever had um the one thing of 2023 we we were awarded more work than we've ever been awarded so we're in a great position for 24 and most of 25 um i often talk to the the architects they kind of see it before us uh, and then the gc start to see it and they're a little more nervous than i am but My biggest fear right now is just profitably building successfully everything we have on our current plate, which is a lot. Uh, I'm grateful for what we have, and we just got to make sure we do it well. And I'll worry about the downturn when we're done being successful with what we have on our current plate. Yeah. I won't even be here. So that's the nice thing is I don't really need to worry about it. I'll be gone.
1: Well that's that's exactly where I was going with my next question is what what are your plans coming up for retirement are you going to be doing traveling or uh any, anything like that
2: Yeah definitely I've kind of cheated my wife on on uh extended travel I'm a long weekend guy cuz the pain is too substantial to be gone um so we'll definitely do some trips to Europe and we're planning a safari Uh, I'm going to turn my alarm off. That's the first thing I'm going to do so that I can just wake up, uh, at a normal time and not super early. Um, and I'm just going to relax. I'm sure after a couple months I'll start itching and I'll figure out what I'm going to do next. But those first couple months should be pretty awesome.
1: Lately, the safari, that sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yep. So, um, well, great. Well, I know Bill, it sounds like you've got some work to do this morning and still some meetings to do before you can, uh, get into those pack for your safari and things of that yeah. nature. So, um, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but, uh, is there anything else that you'd care to talk about or just, uh, any parting shots before I let you go?
2: Uh, no, nothing I can add. I'm in a good spot. Horowitz is in a great spot. Um, the folks that are replacing me are better than me. So, uh, we'll be solid long-term.
1: Great. Well, thank you for your time, Bill, and, uh, best wishes to you in retirement.
2: Good. Pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care.